1: Just now? That's what that was. Has he been talking a lot, a little boy? Um, not much. I
0: got
1: a woman's voice um, and a man's voice. How deep? Like this deep or what? Yeah. We
0: found a, a real ghost chaser. And she was in the hallway and she had a toy. And she felt like she had heard another kid. And she had this app that was actually able. To recognize the ghost on her phone. Anytime I use this, this is not worth that much right here, but when
1: I was putting it down here, I would place it and start going. Oh. It oh, yeah. What a table. your contraption,
0: It's blinking. Don't put it down that many open it up. Ooh. That looks like the thing from Ghostbusters. Oh, there
1: me and Tyler through this uh, fellow ghost hunter is that this is called Ghost Tube. Uh-oh, it's right here. So you can hear on my phone the ghost talking.
0: What is that? I'm Tyler Dietring, I came here tonight. I don't believe any of this stuff. It just, it's just, I'm very skeptical. I'm the guy, I see the stuff on TV, I'm, I'm not there. I do not believe it. I do not think it's real. But I'm gonna tell you, we went on the tour. Um, Justin downloaded an app, and I'm I'm kinda getting there. I'm i st- I'm starting to believe a little bit. And you right, can see now I'm, see, sorry, now I'm starting surprised. to believe something. But check it, check this out. Oh, that's Just a stick person. There's stuff down there. Oh my gosh. Look at these look, look at these little dots right here by Jeff's face. Look at that. Can you guys see that? Don't move, Jeff. Get it off. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> Jeff, do not move. Right by your face, oh, you guys
1: grand. see that? Where's your song? Where's your song? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like those apps. Like, nobody can make an app like that. I mean, you can't just make an app make noise. Um, there, there's not that kind of technology uh, to, to do something like that. And White, who, who's white? Well, no, that was someday. a woman's voice. Did she you, did you, that? Yeah. Wow. Did you? I didn't hear
0: that? We heard voices. It's unexplainable. I mean, you—proofs in the pudding, guys.
1: Well, good morning. Um, how do you follow that? Um, let me say this. I want to thank Seth. Our, our creative director that comes up with all the videos. You do a fantastic job, Seth, so thank you um, so much for what you do week in and week out. Uh, if you've never been to FC, we believe church can be fun and life-changing, and hopefully we make sense of this. Um, we do not believe in ghosts except the Holy Ghost, right? Um, just so you know... Um, in case you're like, oh, "What's going on?" Just relax. Just relax. Um, here, here's what we are in. We're in a series called Urban Legends, and this series, this series is all about this. Many of the things you've been told aren't true. Growing up, um, sometimes things that we grew up believing aren't necessarily true, and so we are spending a month debunking these myths and these urban legends. And while we were ghost hunting, which um, we got told to be quiet several times, and um, they'd never believed we were from a church. It was fantastic. But while we were there, we met this girl who was all the way from Connecticut hunting ghosts in Arkansas. And I was like, oh my. Um, And so like when she talked to us about this ghost app, it's called Ghost Box or something like that. Um, it changed the whole dynamic of how we hunted ghosts for the rest of the time. Um, we were following, you'll see, we were following this thing. And it just, it was an outside, you know, influence that changed everything we did and how we functioned. And, and here's why I'm bringing this up. If we're not careful, Foundation Church, we as a church can start acting like people are acting outside of these doors. And we can start conducting the church very similar to the culture that we find ourselves around and we find ourselves in. And so today I want to talk to you today about building tables over fences. Tables over fences. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, but today I want to talk to you about a fence. A fence. Not a fence. O oh fence. Being offended, Right? Um, And and here's a crazy thing, is that we have a culture and we are in a society right now, two things are happening. A, we're really easily offended, right? And and it's not just that we're offended, we're offended to the point that if I don't agree with you or you don't agree with me, that offends me, right? That that everybody has to agree with our life, agree with our choices, or they're intolerant. And, And we come to this place where we've gotten really easy at being offended. And the other aspect is we're really good at offending. We're, some of you, like you, could have a master's degree in how to offend people on social media because you do it every 10 minutes, right? It's just like, blah, blah, blah. You, you don't think about it. You just let it go and let it fly, and we have become really offensive. And here's what we say. Well, I'm just being me. I'm just speaking my mind. I'm just keeping it real since 76, right? No, 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 no. That's not what's happening. And today I want to talk to you about how not to give offense and how not to be offended. And here's the crazy thing. Here's the ironic, craziest irony of any sermon I will speak this whole year is why I am preaching this message on offense. Some of you are going to get offended. And so here's what I'm going to ask you as your pastor because we did this sermon uh, uh, several years ago, several years ago in our old building, and when I did it, we had about five people leave the church. Um, and, and here's what they said. They were saying things that I never even said in the first place in my whole message. Hear me, do not infer something that I'm saying that I'm not. I'm a big boy, and I'm brave enough and stupid enough to say what I mean, right? Like, like you know that about your pastor. So, so here, here's what I want you to know. This is not a sermon to tell you not to get involved in politics, not to get involved in schools, not to get involved in your your community. This is not that sermon. This is not a sermon that is telling you to not stand up for truth and not stand up for right. This is not that sermon. This is not a sermon that is telling you that we're not going to preach the hard things. If you have been coming to Foundations Church very long, I preach the whole Bible. I preach the hard parts of the Bible, and we preach them in love, right? But here's the thing. It's really easy to kind of, when the pastor's preaching something, you're like, yes, finally somebody, but all of us have a role to play when it comes to being the church, and our job is to love one another, not to offend one another. And Foundation Church, if we're not careful, we start behaving like the world inside the church doors, and that can't be. There has to be a stark difference with how you and I are behaving and how the world is behaving. So here's the challenge and the goal today. That we wouldn't give offense and that we wouldn't be easily offended. That we wouldn't give offense and that we wouldn't be easily offended. Let me give you two scriptures today. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says this. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Some of you, you need to write this down because the holidays are coming. That means family is coming to town, right? And if possible as far it's not dependent on how they're treating you on what they're saying to you on how they are acting as far as it depends on you live peaceably with all paul is saying this you do your part you stay in your lane you do you stop worrying about what they're saying stop worrying about how they're behaving as far as it depends as, if it's possible as far as it depends on you live peaceably with all, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 23 through 24 says this. Again, I say, this is a life verse for social media. Don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. Amen. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and here's the hard part for me, and be patient with difficult people. Ah, I hate that. I can be patient with people I like. I can be patient with people I can understand and tolerate, right? Like, okay, I gotta understand how you would think that. There's some of you, I don't know how you're thinking. Like, the thought process that you're going through, I'm like, how'd you even get there? Like, that's just dumb. And that's what I wanna say. I'm like, that's just dumb and stupid, right? And the Bible isn't telling me to just lash out and be offensive to them, not to tell them they're stupid. It's telling me to be patient with that person. Be patient with difficult people. This means at home be patient parents with difficult children. Married couples be patient <laughs> be patient with that difficult spouse. Right? Be patient with your aging parents. Be patient with your child who is growing up but they're not yet fully grown. like be patient at the workplace with difficult people. So, so let's start off on this. How do you not offend others? If we're going to get this, how do you not offend others? The first thing I want to lead with is this. Lead with your ears and make sure your words are encouraging to those who hear them. If we're not going to keep constantly offending others, then let's make sure that we're leading our life differently and we're communicating differently. And if we're going to do that, we have to lead with our ears and make sure that our words are encouraging to those Who hear them when COVID nineteen hit? um, I remember, like, I didn't get COVID for a long, long time, and I was like, I'm just gonna be one of those people that never get it, right? Like, I'm asymptomatic. I have no problems. Like, I'm just suit. I must have tiger blood, right? Like, I'm just like this is this is who I am. This is what I am. And um, I remember one Saturday night, I felt really off, and I, I it was just snotty, and I thought I had allergies, but you know, back in 2020, 2019, everybody's like, ah, if you sneezed, it was worse than farting in public, and so I was like, okay, Michael, you're up, right, and so I stayed behind, Michael preached, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, Casey, I'm fine. And she's like, I think you got COVID. I'm like, I don't have COVID. Like I was out chopping trees down, weed eating in the middle of winter. Um, I was just bored. Um, And she's like, you need to stay in the room. I'm like, I'm not staying in my room. Right. And I was hanging around Charlie and Chloe and um, they were sitting on the couch with me. I'm like, I got COVID. (laughs) You know, and they're like, oh no, don't give us COVID. Um, I went and worked out with my buddies at the gym, um, working out. And I I didn't tell them that my wife thought I had COVID because I was like, I don't have COVID. And I remember that Wednesday of, That week, I'm sitting there at the bar having coffee with my wife, and she's like, Justin, I think you have COVID. And I'm like, Casey, you got to stop this. Don't put that voodoo on me, devil woman. I don't have COVID. And I literally, after I said that, took a drink of coffee and I couldn't taste anything. And my eyes got big, and I go, I got COVID, right? And I went into the pantry, I'm throwing peanut butter on my mouth, like, pepper, salt, nothing, nothing. I'm like, I have COVID, right? And here's what happened. My kids got COVID. Casey got COVID. My workout buddies got COVID. I was what they defined as a super spreader event all in one person. (laughs) And it's not that I meant to, right? I just wanted to say, ah, that's not me. That's the rules don't apply because if I say I'm not, then I must not have it, right? And we do the same thing when it comes to being offensive, When it comes to giving offense, oh, I'm not being offensive. Maybe you are. And we spread offense so easily when we lead with our mouths without allowing our ears to engage first. And some of us, we're listening very little and we're talking a whole lot. And the result is, you're offending people. I'm offending people because we're not leading with our ears. James chapter 1 says this. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, not like I speak slow. No, like quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 talks about if we start speaking quick before we start listening. And it says this, don't use foul or abusive language football season is here. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Are your words an encouragement to those who hear them? Because if we're not going to be offensive on the regular, if we're not going to give offense, we got to get better at listening and getting understanding and being intentional about what we say. This means this, is that we weigh our words that we're getting ready to speak, right? That we don't just respond to people, but we act on people's behalf. And as far as it depends on you, if possible, right? Paul said this, if possible. Romans 12, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with one Another. And are you doing your part to listen instead of just spouting off? And the challenge is this to do this with people we love and we agree with, and to do this with people we don't like, to do this with people who are dumb. Politics are coming. People are going to say stupid stuff. We'll get to that in just a second. Man, Lead with your ears, not your mouth. Because here's the deal, when it's easy for us to lead with our ears and listen to people we understand, we agree with, and we like. But how do we conduct ourselves outside these doors? Right? How do we conduct ourselves when people come in that we don't agree with, that we don't like, that we don't agree with their choices? And here's what I would tell you, and it's kind of our sub-point in this, is that make sure you keep your cool so you maintain your influence, Make sure that you keep track and you keep hold of your emotions. Keep and maintain your cool so that you maintain your influence. Proverbs fourteen twenty nine: People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. Ecclesiastes seven nine: Control your temper, for anger labels you a fool when you lose it you lose right when you lose your temper when you lose your anger here's what happens you lose your influence in the same moment and some of us we have lost the ability to have influence and have relationship at the workplace because we lost our cool and we handed over our influence the moment we lost our cool We've lost our influence in our home because we get angry. We've lost our influence at the workplace because we get angry. We lost our, work, our, our influence with our friends because we got angry. And here's what the Bible is saying, man, be quick to listen. You can't speak with understanding if you're not listening to hear those people's viewpoints. Well, I don't agree with those viewpoints. Listen anyways. And then the Bible tells us in Ephesians to speak and say words. You don't have to agree with them, but to speak and say words that are helpful and building others up instead of tearing people down. Well, Justin, they don't do that to me. Do it anyways. Because the Bible says this, Jesus says this, it's not just about loving people you wanna love, it's about loving your enemies. It's about loving people you don't like. It's about loving people that you don't even agree with. All right, Proverbs 19:11 says, good sense and discretion make a man slow to anger, and it is to his honor and glory to overlook a transgression or an offense without seeking revenge and harboring resentment. And if we don't live life based on the word, what's the alternative? If we don't live it out the way that the Bible is telling us to live it out, what's the alternative? Because if we don't overlook getting offended and we don't overlook offense and we don't overlook giving offense, can I tell you what happens is we start building offense. We start building this in our churches, in our relationships, in our homes, at our workplace. Do you know what offense's purpose is, right? Offense's purpose is to set boundaries, to keep people out and on their side. Get out of my yard, kid, right? Like, that's what a fence is for. It's to set boundaries. You belong over there, and my people belong over here. And listen to me. Here's what has happened. We're building fences in churches. We we build fences at churches all the time. It's football season, baby, right? And we have two fences. I mean, I, I love the University of Tulsa no, and ORU, right? But I think we would all agree there's two main football teams. I, don't, don't take me wrong. Chad Craig, I know you played for TU, but I think most fan bases like are OSU and OU, right? And somebody's going to come in wearing the wrong color, right? They're going to come Orange Power, where you been the last two weeks, right? Some of you going to come in wearing your boomer sooner, being obnoxious as ever, annoying fight song. And then some of you are instigators, right? And some of you bought a Alabama, South Alabama shirt because OSU lost to them the other day, right? And you're like, I like anybody that beats the other team, right? Here's the deal. I have met people that have left churches because the pastor was a fan of a certain team, And I'm like, I'm not allowed to have a favorite football team. Are you crazy? I know I'm in Knox, just what's new, right? And here's the deal. All of us are getting worked up over two football teams that we never went to their college in the first place. You didn't go there. Why do you care? I didn't go there. Their their theology department's not good at either school, right? Like, come on. Doesn't mean I can't be a fan, but, but when somebody does something or says something online. I've seen people lose their mind over college football online. What do we do in church? This doesn't matter. And yet we're, we're building. You stay over there, you idiot. You loser cowboy, you annoying Sooner. Like you just cheat all the time. You're, you're a Sooner which means cheater, right? Like get a clue. We start building fences. 2024 is coming. It means elections are coming. I got a Biden-Harris hat over here. Put on the left side, your left, right? (laughs) Some of us are like this. Well, I I don't even, how can you be a Christian and vote Democrat? Do you know who our president is? Because he doesn't know that he's the president, right? Like he, (laughs) he's, He's constantly getting lost. There's a silver alert out all the time for our commander-in-chief. He doesn't know what he's saying. He's falling asleep, right? Like, what's going on? And some of you, you're getting mad at this, right? Because a bunch of us are MAGA, make America great again, right? Some of us are like, yeah, Trump forever, Right? and you wanna tell me what a good Christian Trump is, you have lost your mind. We talking about the same guy? Well, he's not my pastor, he's my president, come on. And we've become offensive over two horrible candidates. Can we just have a none of the above, like just an option? None of the, I now put my hat in the ring for President of the United States of 2024. Um, we'd get nothing accomplished. But we've got churches that are going, hey, hey, you're a Democrat, don't come in here. You stay on that side. There's plenty of those kind of churches. Oh, you're a MAGA guy, you're a Newsmax person, you get the real news. Come on here. Oh, There's other people. Stay out, right? You know what became the most divisive thing in 2020? Oh, you wear a mask? Awesome. You're educated. That's what it was. You wear a mask? Oh, you're sheep. Bah, right? Like, oh, you don't wear a mask. You must hate old people and orphans, right? Like, I heard this all the time. Jesus would wear a mask. Would he? Because I didn't see that in the Bible anywhere. I saw people, faith over fear, on top of their mask. Really? Because that's kind of a walking contradiction here. Hey, I'm giving it to both sides as good as I can. And hear me. We literally split churches over this. People left this church over this. It's because you don't love people really? Now the new one. I got all kinds of props back here. Have you been vaccinated? Oh, yeah. Oh, you must not like people if you've not been vaccinated, right? Like, follow the science. Oh, you've been vaccinated? Please don't sit by me because you're going to shed on me with your proteins, right? Like, you've heard all the things. (laughs) I hope your heart doesn't stop like when you start exercising cuz you had the vaccination. Like like and we think oh you got a vaccination, you're one of those people. This is the beginning of the mark of the beast, right? Like this is how it happens. Hope you're ready. 666 right there probably in the vaccine when they put it in you. <laughs> We're going crazy. Well, Justin, this stuff's for real. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying COVID's not real. I'm not saying that masks aren't real. I'm not saying vaccinations aren't real. But listen, we gotta stop it. We gotta stop letting things and outside forces divide the church, right? We are his church. It's not Justin's church. It is the Lord's church, and he built this church, and the gates of hell cannot stand against it, and what he will try to do is divide it. So hear me. We can't have it. Do you know the most segregated time out of the week of Sunday mornings? It's a foundation church, we're not a black church, we're not a white church, we're not a brown church or a yellow church or a purple church or whatever ethnicity you wanna come up with. I don't even know who's purple. We're not a rich person's church, we're not a poor person's church, we're not a like middle of the road, like just give me some money type of church, right? Like we can't build fences. Can I tell you what we're called to build? Our tables. When you look at the gospel and when you read the word of the Lord, can I tell you, all throughout the gospels, Jesus is building tables and pulling people in instead of keeping people out. Right, The story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus is the most, one of the most hated people in all of Israel. Why? Because the Romans hated him because he was a Jew, and the Jews hated him because he was a traitor, because he was a tax collector for the Roman Empire. Nobody liked Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a hated man. He wasn't just a wee little man, like with some issues. He was a mean man. Little mean man, Zacchaeus was. I go so many places with this right now. I'm staying on target. (laughs) And when Jesus calls him out of the tree, he says, come on down, because me and you, we're going to have a meal together. And this was so like just absolutely scandalizing. It was offensive to lost people, to his disciples, to the religious people because Jesus is gonna invite this horrible person and go have a meal with him. And you think, oh, well, what's the big deal? Because you only had a meal with people you loved and you wanted to get to know, with friends. It was an intimate thing. And Jesus isn't keeping somebody out. He is pulling them in. And he is building a table and he's pulling in lost people because Luke 19.10 says, for the son of man came to find lost people and save them. Not until they started acting a certain way. No, no, no. I came while they still acted like they were lost to pull them in. And church, we got to stop getting offended when lost people act like they're lost. That's what they're supposed to do. We've got to create tables where they can come in and they can bring their kids that are gonna say a cuss word right next to your little kid and, and children's church. Well, where'd you learn that? I learned it at Foundations church. Awesome some right but we got to be more passionate about the great commission than we are about politics about football about vaccinations about masks because people's souls matter and we're called to build tables not fences and if we're going to do that hear me if we're going to do that then we have got to stop being offended so easily church So how do we not be offended all the time? First off is don't take the bait. Offense is always a choice. Well, you don't know what they said. I don't know what they said. but still a choice you make to be offended by it. You don't know what they did. I don't know what they did. But you're still making the choice to be offended by it. People are going to say things that are offensive. And there's usually a precursor to it, right? They say things like, no offense, but, right? Well, offense is coming, I don't mean this personal, but, well, it just got personal, right? I hope you don't mind if I speak my mind, but, right? And and all of a sudden, offense is happening. And Ephesians chapter four says this, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love make every ever, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit binding yourselves together with peace and here's what i will tell you if people consistently keep offending you move on if there's a post on social media that offends you keep scrolling well, I'm just gonna stand up for truth, right? Stand up for it, but don't engage in ignorant fights. All right, that's what the Bible tells us too. Let's really focus on what matters. And I'm not telling you not to stand up for truth. Absolutely, we have to stand up for truth, but we can't lose our influence in the process. And that means we've got to love difficult people even while they're being difficult, and we can't get so easily offended. That means this, for some of us, we gotta be, stop being so sensitive, Right? Because once you take the bite of offense, it affects everything. Once you take the bite, and once you bite on offense, it affects your attitude, and your attitude turns into unforgiveness, and your unforgiveness turns into bitterness, and you become a bitter, angry person. Why? Because you got offended somewhere, and you never dealt with it. You took bait, offense is always gonna be there. The question is, will you take the bait or just keep moving on? The second thing is this, we have to stop being overly sensitive and keeping score of all the wrong. We gotta stop being so sensitive. I read this online, I loved it. It says, me, I prefer mangoes to oranges, random person. So basically, what you're saying is that you hate oranges. You also failed to mention pineapples, bananas, and grapefruits. Educate yourself, right? And this is kinda how it works. And people are going to offend you. And you're going to say something like, I didn't even mean to offend somebody, right? Today, I'm telling you, I am not trying to offend anybody. But I know I'm offending somebody by talking about offense. And if we're going to get better and we're going to be the church, God is calling us to be. We can't be so sensitive and we can't get easily offended and keep track of everybody that's done us wrong. And tell the story of everybody's past that's coming through these doors. Everybody that comes through these doors, whether they got a past that is crooked and dark or not, they deserve a table instead of a fence. They deserve that. Bible says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I'll close with this. It says, love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not provoked, nor overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. Man, there are so many things that are meant to separate us that here's the way we gotta work. We gotta take what was meant to separate us and turn a fence into a table. There's a picture that I want us to look at real quick about some people during COVID who turned their fences into actual tables. And they would gather in their neighborhood and they would gather and they would sit there and they would actually get to fellowship, they'd actually get to talk while COVID was happening, right? And they figured out a way to take something that was trying to separate them and find some common ground and still connect and still have relationship. And hear me, Foundation Church, man, we're not called to be just a gathering of the saints. We're called to be a hospital for the lost that's us. It's past Friday night. Nate Gormley asked me to come. Our church host an AA group. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but I did. So twice a week and I've never been. And he's like, Hey, me and some of our church people are celebrating our sobriety anniversary. Would you come? I'm like, I think I can do it. So I showed up first time I've been and I walk in and there's so many people, so many people I do know. And so many people I don't know. And what I loved, there's 80-plus people in this room Friday night. There's a speaker that's up there, and he's saying all kinds of words I can't even say um, from the stage, right? I was like, ooh, I like this guy. This is colorful language, right? This like rated R. I like this. There's people from different lifestyles than you and me. There's people smoking right before they come in. Man, I hope our church parking lot is full of cigarettes every Sunday. There's people that are two months free of addiction. There's people still struggling with addiction. There's people we celebrated 20 years free of addiction. But all of them, what was amazing is that Nate and all these people have created a table for people that are struggling, where they can come and they can find hope. Right, They've created a table where people can come in and they can be honest with their struggle. They can be honest with their dysfunction. They can be honest with where they're at and say, man, I'm not where I should be, but I sure am trying and I need hope and I need community and I need somebody not to build a fence, but I need somebody to create a table. And Foundation Church, the addict, when they come in through these doors, they don't need a fence, they need a table, right? The person that committed adultery doesn't need a fence and they don't need gossip, they need a table, they need some. where they can find community and they can find purpose and they can find forgiveness. The Democrat that comes in and the Republican that comes in doesn't need a fence, but they need a table. The person whose mistake was blasted all over the Tulsa News. You know what? They don't need a church saying, why don't you try someplace else? They need a church that's grown up enough and mature enough to say, man, I know your mistake was public, but there's a table that you are welcome to, to experience life change. There's a table you're welcome to, to see hope and to find a relationship with Jesus Christ. We are not called to build fences and keep everybody out. We're called to build tables and pull everybody into a relationship with Jesus Christ because He changes everything and He means everything. In church, this is the church we're called to be. We can't allow outside forces to affect what's happening inside. So let's go back and I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Romans 12. If possible. As long as it depends on you. Live peaceably with everybody. Let's do our part. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And Lord, this is a word we got to apply. this If there's no application, then there's no power to this. But Lord, when there's information plus application, it. There's equals transformation. Lord, it transforms this church, this body that is yours. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would move in every one of our hearts, that we would step up to the challenge to not give offense, but also to not be offended by everything. But Lord, we would stay your church, a church that is about building tables over fences, a church that is focused on the eternal and not the temporary. And so, Lord, I pray Give us mature saints that aren't sensitive, that aren't easily angered, that aren't overly offensive and overly offended, but give us people that are in this church that will raise up, that will be patient with difficult people, that will love people in their mess, that will welcome people through these doors no matter what their background is, no matter what their present situation is, that, Lord, we would be a place where the lost truly can become found, that we would stay a church where people that are in a mess find a message that comes out of their life because a table is being exposed extended and we are pulling people to a relationship with you. Lord, let us be your church and let us be focused on that. It's in Jesus' name I pray.
0: We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.